Wait, are we starting with the... Hi, Hasina John. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hi, Hasina John. Hi, little sister. <laughs> oh, my God. We're here. We're here. Can you believe it? No, it doesn't feel real. This is the manifestation. This is really it. We literally said, it was three weeks ago, yeah. that we were like, podcast babes. Let's start a podcast. And we met that night, and here we are. You and I get along in a very interesting way. We become different people when we're around each other. Oh, 100%. Like, people don't recognize us as as ourselves when we're together. Yeah. We elevate. We're, like, floating <laughs> around. I see you. I'm, like, on 10. No, yeah. Uh, when we saw each other last month for the first time in a while, I almost ran into direct traffic. Yeah, and it was me. Why was I thinking I'm going to step out in the middle of the road, halt traffic <laughs> two ways like a crossing guard to get my girl across the street so I could give Listen, her a hug? It had to be done, okay? No, period. It had to be done. Um, okay, we should dive in like to how this even started Yeah. so that the the people know, the people be knowing. They need to know. They need to know. Well, um, I, like I said, we get along really well, and you are someone who really inspires me and encourages me. We met not too long ago, and we met in a place where um, we were exploring a lot of new about ourselves, and we were both from places where we didn't have a lot of people who looked like us um, mm. to connect with and to bond with. And the relationships that you create with people who are as authentic as you are really hard to find. It's really hard to find. Um, for context, I'm half Afghan and half Iranian. I grew up in a Muslim household, and um, it's hard to find a lot of people who can relate to the kind of almost subliminal experiences and effects of that culture. Um, and my heritage. And so meeting you was a blessing in so many ways. Mm, okay. It's the way, it, like, <laughs> yes, no, I, that, like, hits me so close to my heart. I could cry. Literally, tears could be rolling. <laughs> um, yeah, I I feel the, the exact same way. I feel like I met you um, right when I needed to in this, like, state of transition and in this state of newness. I just moved to Austin didn't know anybody, um, and, you know, being half white, half Pakistani, never growing up with anyone who could relate to that experience. You know, in my small town where I'm from, I didn't think South Asian people existed. Like, me and my sister were the only South Asian people for miles, and I was like, okay, this is just the world. There's not a lot of South Asians. And then I come to Austin, I meet you, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 like, I've been living with my eyes closed, you know? Um, so I think you have just really allowed for me to be all I am and, like, show up as I am. And I'm just so grateful to you for that. And this podcast, like, really does feel like a calling back to the younger version of me who thought that, like, no other South Asian girls existed because I never want another brown girl to go and be like, oh, there's no one else like me out there, you know? So that's what this podcast is for me. It really is a calling back to be like, you know, little sister, listen. Like, Please. the younger version of me, all the younger girls, even, like, older brown women who are listening to this who have never felt seen, you know? It's like, 
let me tell you what I wish I knew. Yeah. The role of the big sister in the Brown household is also holds a lot of weight. And mm. I think that being a little sister um, carries a lot of privilege and that you get a lot of wisdom from the people that came before you. And uh, I'm the oldest sibling and you know, firstborn daughter. And so I think that that's something that I wish I knew. Um, and, and there's a lot of things that we'll talk about um, just in our normal interactions that are so healing for the version of me that once was for the little girl that I was, um, especially because for you and I, our relationships with our parents, our upbringings, um, were far from what is deemed the norm in stereotypical um, brown communities. Mm. And that is really hard to navigate when you are in the depths of the brown community and you're faced with this just complete and total divide from whatever like constitutes it as, as an American or, you know, you're just constantly labeled as an outsider. And to be labeled as an other within your community, it is so hard. Mm, no, totally. Especially because, like, we're experiencing that all the time, like, with white people, like, out in the world, you know, like, we're experiencing that otherness. I know that I even experienced that, like, in my own family, like, being half and half. Like, so we have that. And then, like, to also experience that within our own brown community, it feel it can feel so isolating. Yeah. That's why I think outlets like this are so important because we're platforming people who who can relate to this experience, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because I grew up half Afghan and half Iranian, I was constantly labeled as other. I was not Afghan enough. I was not Iranian enough. And to the American community that I grew up around, I was never American enough. Um, and so your worth is, whether we choose to recognize that or not, your worth is tied to your identity, and your identity is primarily tied to how you look. And I think every single room that I've ever walked into in my entire life, I have walked in as a brown, Afghan, Iranian woman first, before I have walked in as Firdos, mm. before I have walked in as a daughter, mm -hmm. a sister, a student. Mm -hmm. And when in the community that is identifying you as that, that only chooses to see you as that, if that community does not recognize your beauty and appreciate you and instead diminishes your value, it's really hard to navigate your own self-worth and learning to to appreciate that side of yourself because you grow up with a lot of resentment towards this thing that made you the other. Mm. No, literally, that's so powerful. Like, thank you for saying that. Like, yeah. The times that I have walked into a room and I've, like, forgotten, you know, or I'm like, mm, my mom's white, you know, it's, it's cool. And then someone's like, wait, what are you? Where are you from? Oh, you know, like the kind of thing. Yeah. Like, no, but where are you from? No, but like, yeah, where are you really from? That's yeah. like, that's when I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Right. You know, and my mom doesn't get it. Like, she's like, and I'm like, well, of course you don't, mama. Like, you didn't. You're a white person, you know, yeah. like, and you gave birth to biracial daughters. Like, what do you, you're not going to get it. And so I think finding community is so important because, like, we see each other you know, and experiences that we have. And you and I have talked about this before, like 
you're going to have experiences that I don't have and I'm going to have experiences that you don't have. And like, then we're going to have experiences that we can relate on together because we're so, we have such a similar upbringing and we're so similar just in our family dynamics. So, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for this relationship and for us being able to, to pour into a project like this together because I, th- I just think it's so necessary. No, it, it really is. And, you know, I think that what you mentioned about us having such similar backgrounds and, and upbringings is so important because I think it's one of the reasons why we've bonded together so closely in this chapter of us starting in you. There are so many things that we're learning about ourselves in this new place and space that we live in. And being given the support in my relationship with you and with other um, brown and black women has been really, really empowering. I have never stepped into a new chapter of my life feeling so embraced and loved. Mm. And I've had a lot of new chapters, let me tell you. It is a blessing, and it's a blessing to step into this with you and see where it takes us. Yes, girl. Okay, so she said I came to slay and drop these words. Okay, this is this is what y'all need to know about Frudos is that Miss Girl will say things to me that I'm like I'm le- I'm I am taken to new heights. Like my mind <laughs> grows every time I'm with Frudos. Like Miss Girl really has it going on. So like I'm so it's the way I'm so excited for this. Like and I would love like I would love to hear how this transition was for you. Okay, backtrack. It is August, full stop. You're in Austin, new city. Yeah. What was that like? It was my first time living away from home, Mm. and that's not uncommon for women our age in brown households, Mm -hmm. and that was a big deal. I was the first in my family to kind of move away, um, especially being a girl. Like, you don't really, at least in my family, leave home unless you're getting married and I didn't have a ring on my finger so that was not happening (laughs) and um I didn't realize how bad things were at home I didn't realize how much things should have been different um and how the norm that I had experienced and that the universe had given to me to establish as the norm through those experiences that were often really hurtful and harmful they were debilitating in a lot of ways Mm. um moving here was being given the ability to end cycles in a way with so much ease because oh my god is it hard to end cycles when you are in the same place around the same people who you know kind of just constantly say things that are really hurtful or behave in certain ways that that you know, make you think, oh, that stems from generational trauma. You should probably work on that. Um, yeah. It was a blessing. I could finally understand the value of operating in a constant state of gratitude for everything because mm. the blessings just started pouring in. And I think a lot of that just had to do with a, a shift in space. Totally. I think, like, that is so what you just said. Like, it's hard to break cycles when you are in, like, when you're still in that place. And it, it's hard to even recognize that they're there. Like, that's what I have loved about starting new chapters in my life in general is that while it's hard to start new chapters anywhere, I feel like it leaves you knowing, like, it leaves you so aware of of what you just left. Like, it's like you take off the, like, you rub your eyes for the first time and you're like, oh, no, that wasn't normal. Or, like, 
oh, that wasn't good. But you couldn't see it when you're in it. Like you often don't see it when you're there. And so getting out of it is so important. But it's hard. It's hard to like take that step. And I think it's so it's so incredible like that you took that step and that you're where you are now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. What was August like for you? (laughs) August. um, I moved into my apartment. My mom said, okay, see you later. And I was like, bye, mom. Um, And it was the first time I had lived alone, alone. Like, I had always just had roommates. Um, And so I was, like, alone for the first time and was so excited, was so nervous, didn't know what to expect. Um, And I think I was was in a place of – like kind of grieving the home that I'd made for myself in Washington state where I lived for like seven years before moving to Austin. Um, I had just lost, um, a really like beloved pet. His name was Stevie, like my sweet little baby dog. And, um, I just tragically lost him and, um, was like kind of like grieving, the friends and the family that I had made for myself in Washington, but knew that this transition to Austin was so necessary, um, for my growth. And so it was at first it was, it was hard because I was like, like, what if I don't make the connections here that I made back in Washington? Like, what if I never get it again? As if the universe works like that. And as if ancestors would ever let that happen. Um, but it was hard at first and I found a lot of, like ease in our group like our where we met you know like I found a lot of ease in other people who are also experiencing the same thing and sometimes it still feels scary like to be in a new place like this but um I feel like I learn more about myself every time I start fresh every time I start a new chapter of my life I'm like learning more seeing myself more loving myself more Mm -hmm. because of like everything I've learned about myself, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing about you is that you exude love, like pure, authentic love, the kind that you get from the divine. And that is like truly, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I mean Thank you. Do you think that when you move through new chapters and you embrace them instead of resisting them, that you are able to give and receive more love Because you have more love for yourself and for what once was and what will be. Mm. Oh, yeah. 100%. I just got chills that you said that. Yeah. I. Everything that I've been through till now, I used to look back at my old self and cringe. Do you ever like you ever scrolling through the (laughs) scrolling through old photos? I'm like, why did I wear my eyeliner like that? Why did I wear that outfit? What am I thinking? I used to, like, look back at old pictures or just think back on my old self and, like, cringe. And um, recently I had my birthday in December, and I remember thinking to myself, like, I can't hate that version of me anymore because it's because of her that I'm here today. It's because of her that I get to be who I am and that I get to meet people like you and that I get to, like, be in community with others who are aligned. And so it's like I can't have anything but love for that girl even though she was really going through it and she was making questionable choices like in terms of style and like <laughs> what were we doing with our hair, you know? Um, but 
she she brought me here. And so, yeah, I absolutely have more love for those around me because of the love that I have for myself. And it's not perfect. Like, you know, I still like get the ick from myself sometimes. Like I'm like, mm, why did I say that? No. Why did I do that? No. Um, I, first of all, <laughs> if anyone ever gets the ick from you, jail. Straight to jail for them. Sometimes though, I'm like, I could see someone getting the ick from me no. because like sometimes I say slay one too many times. Listen, babes, been there. You know I literally didn't even let this guy see me walking in front of him <laughs> when we're getting off the elevator. This was the most beautiful guy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I didn't want him. He was very insistent on letting me go out of the elevator first. And I said, no, thank you. It's really okay. Because I didn't want him to see the back of my head and get the ick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, y'all, here's the thing. Why didn't you want him to see the back of your head, babe? Go ahead and tell the people. <laughs> because, because of my hairline. <laughs> Here's the thing. Miss Lady has luscious locks. <laughs> she turned around for me and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But it's the way that she fully offended this man's honor no, by really not letting, by like making him go first. He was, he was like, all right. And I was like, no, you don't understand. It's not because of you. It's a me problem. You're not going to love me anymore. <laughs> no, if he got the ick from that, a loser yeah. and straight to jail. Yeah. Straight to jail for him. Straight to jail for this man in general. In general, full stop, period. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's I – have, I have just so much love for the life I live. Um, and, you know, again, it's not perfect, and it's hard sometimes. And, like, I'm really – I'm, you know, in a particular point where, like, things are stressful right now. But, um, like, I just have to remind myself, like, and think back to a year ago. Like, a year ago I was praying for this, you know. Like, I was praying to be here. Um, and so, yeah – and I'm so excited to see what's next, you know, like for the future. I think so much, there's so much possibility. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, I oof, I wanted to be a Viner. Let me just tell you that. To give you a, a glimpse, I, went, I was in a Viner phase. I sat my mom down and I was like, this is happening. Accept it. And she was like, mm, over my dead body. <laughs> Wait, um, how old? How old were we at 12. this point? You said, Mom, Vine is my calling. It's actually what I'm meant to do. And school is for what? I'm dropping out. I'm dropping out, actually. At the age of 12, I can make that decision. Do I need sixth grade? No. You're yeah, done, sixth you're grade. Done. <laughs> Bye, sixth grade. Thank you, middle school. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be on Vine. You will be forgotten. <laughs> Goodbye. And you'll be hearing from my lawyers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm suing. I'm suing middle school, to be completely honest. If I, I could sue quit. middle... I wish I could I sue middle school. I would. I want names. I want first and last names mm-hmm. of my belief. Oh, my God. <laughs> first and last names of the bullies. They were so bad. The only thing that got me through high school was that I kept telling myself that come graduation, I would jump them. <laughs> Wait, jump them? So, like... You guys, just so you know, Ferdose is, like, five foot zero and weighs, like, (laughs) a hundred pounds, maybe. So, I would love to hear, like, what's the plan? Are you getting, like, aunties, uncles? My cousins were, like, they said that to you? And I was, like, yeah. And they were, like, yeah, we wouldn't even say that to you. That's so out of pocket. You know it's bad when the family's, like, whoa, we wouldn't even bully you like that. No, Um, period. We have boundaries, for God's sake. There's a line. (laughs) And they crossed it. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. So, no, they were like, okay, like, you know, this is going to sound terrible. Um, They went to the same masjid as me. And so 
The bullies. Yeah, and so my intention was to jump them at the mosque. <laughs> because it was when I knew I could find them. You said, inshallah. God as my witness. <laughs> and God willing, exactly. you're out. Exactly. It didn't happen because COVID hit. Oh, um, God damn it. But COVID taking so much from us. No, real. Including your revenge. Yeah. You know, it's probably good because I would have gotten arrested and prison orange is not my color. Let's be real. No, no, so. no. We don't need that. Also, I don't even like jaywalking. Can you imagine me getting arrested for something like that? Um, that is probably my favorite story that you've told me to date. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't told you that earlier. No, that is so funny. I like, oh my God. So I'm trying to think of like, so for those and I are like quite far apart in age, but it's the way that we connect in such a way that I'm like, you would never even know. Yeah. Um, I graduated high school in 2015. I know. I like to say that mentally I'm like a really like cool hot 21, you know? Yeah. I'm like it's so fine. Hard. It's fine. And okay, in this new chapter of my life, I'm really trying to get over the shame I feel about aging because that is something very real that is coming up for me, um especially being like older and being just in the community that we're in. Yeah. You know, like it, it's being older and pursuing a new a new phase, a new career feels so scary um, because everyone is, like, so young. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys didn't watch That's So Raven? Oh, no, I did. You did? I did. Every okay, Saturday Slay, Slay, Slay. Oh, my God. Thank God for you. Did no. you watch Lizzie McGuire? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Okay, Slay. So, wait, did you listen to Avril Lavigne? Um, yeah, sometimes. Okay, okay. I'm trying to find, like, the divide. Like, I, I'm trying to figure out if, like, you are just elite. <laughs> I think that you are because I've talked to other people and they're like, oh, no, I started watching Disney Channel, like, after Hannah Montana. Um, oh, yeah, okay, aging. I'm trying to destigmatize that for myself because 26 is not is not old, but, like, why does it feel – it feels so scary. Like, especially, like, in the vein of starting anew and in the vein of, like, having – just had my birthday it's like oh my god like time time just moves so fast and I feel like it can feel so scary to get older you know and to like not relate with like people I'm around sometimes because I'm like oh how old are you and they're like I'm 18 and I'm like oh okay so we are just at different points in our lives where like you're just really not gonna understand what I'm going through, and I'm going to not really understand what you're going through. Yeah. Um, and there's exceptions to that, of course. Like, you and I just relate so well. Um, and mind like a 21-year-old is what I have. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to um, to grow up. <laughs> Period. We have very rigid ideas and limits um, for, like, age and how it pertains to the progress that we make in life mm -hmm. and to also not even just progress how we move through life yeah that how can you have people move through life which is supposed to be a fluid thing move is typically associated with the word fluid mm -hmm. but set rigid boundaries and ideas of what age they're supposed to be right. what step they're supposed to be at 
in certain points of their life. If you want to truly move freely and flow through life, you're going to just do things at your own pace. And it's just going to come to you when it is meant to. Um, and I'm very proud of you because Thank you. I know that this is something that you struggle with a lot. And I'm telling you that I see you and how much courage it takes to not only go into places that are very new, um, but to also try and forge relationships with people who uh, often perpetuate stigmas around age, especially in some of the settings that we're in. Yeah, I'm very proud of you. You're, oh my God, if this is what you're like at your age, like now I, I, I want to be you when I grow up. Okay, no, because if you say that. I want to be you when I grow up. I could cry for real. Thank you, dude. So like, good. thank you so much. Like, that is, that is an honor. Like, and something that I have taken on so seriously in this phase of my life, like being around so many younger women is like, I had a lot of older women mentors who were like, I want to take you along. I feel like I've been like past the torch to kind of like be like, I'm here obviously for a reason to better myself, to get on a new path, to start a new career. And like, I, I just there, I have so much love for younger women, younger femmes, younger people who want to, to grow in a way that I have grown. And like, if I can share, I want to do that. I think um, for me, I grew up really fast. I grew up really fast. Mm. I had a lot of um, experiences at a very young age that were forceful. They were forceful in pushing me to my limits. Um, and before these events even transpired in my life, I was often referred to as very mature. And then I kind of grew up in a setting where maturity was applauded and resembling anything like a child was put to the side. No, totally. Avoided. It's like you wear it like a badge of honor when someone's like, you're so mature. Like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, you're eight years old. And they're like, oh my God, I would never guess that you were eight. Yeah. Like you're so mature. And you're like, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that I have a lot of I have a lot of love to give specifically to younger younger women and because I see younger parts of myself that I know that I will never get to experience or fully meet I am past the age of you know being on a playground and um, and that is something that I grieved um, not being able to properly experience a childhood um, in whatever capacity, the norm should be. And so now that I'm older, I feel very grateful in retrospect to have experienced what I experienced in my childhood. I feel very grateful for the woman that I am and for the woman that I was in my childhood. But I am adamant to make sure that when we navigate being put into situations that force us to mature quite fast, um, in our youth, that that is not something that, especially brown and black girls, are alone in. One hundred percent, and like something that should just be like denormalized. Like having to grow up so fast shouldn't have been either of our experiences. And I like I just want to say that I am so proud of you because the way that you carry yourself. Like you say that like I exude love, babe. You exude love, like. 
Miss Girl is across the street, waving both hands, <laughs> beaming from ear to ear, saying, hello, my love. And it's the way I feel it. Like, I feel the, like, the energy and the warmth from you that, like, is, that can only come from so much strength. And I, I hate when people say that, like, all the love that you have is from the hardships that you face. It's like, so you shouldn't have had to go through that. I think, like, love is who you are at your core. Like, you specifically are just so full of it and it's so felt like and everyone who meets you feels it like you make everyone feel so valued and seen like the way that you're waving to people like everywhere we go you're knowing somebody <laughs> like Miss Ferdos is like hi <laughs> hi hey like and I think that that's so beautiful I think that just speaks to um like how you are in the world and that's just like so loving and so kind and so compassionate and um, thank you. Yeah, I can't even explain to you how much that means to me. I used to pray to be able to give and receive love. Mm. That was my prayer a year ago. I grew up very alone. I didn't grow up around a lot of people. Didn't grow up around a lot of family. And it happened the way that it did for a reason. And I don't like to dwell on the past, but I recognize that being so alone at a very young age, I started to think that unfiltered love was a sign of immaturity and that it that to receive love was something that I wasn't worthy of mm. because people who like like your biological family right who uh, you are quite literally assigned to and, and given most directly um, to have these people love and, and hold you did not do that for me and so I remember literally before I came to Austin I remember I just remember writing down in, in one of my journals, I have so much love to give. Mm. And I think that if people could just give me a little love too, that they wouldn't be disappointed with the love that I give them back. <laughs> so to be able now to have this unfiltered love, like I do, I don't like constricting myself in any way, in any setting, um, with, with the expression of my just absolute adoration and love for people like you and for the people that I meet because my god there's so many good people out in the world and I didn't know that before before this new chapter that's very important to me because it's a sign that for me I am reconnecting with a love that innocence knows mm. and that's a love that a lot of us forget in our um, forceful maturity okay wait run that back full body chills that is so beautiful and I'm so proud of you it takes so much courage to do that because that means that you have to acknowledge like a hard past and like people twice our age are not doing that <laughs> like, we wish they were <laughs> we're begging at we're, this point at this point <laughs> please we will do anything <laughs> like, <laughs> please we're begging yeah um that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard uh, when and you well when you talk about your you know, relationship with age and yeah. it's, it's your relationship with youth. That's mm. the root of it. Right. But you, my love, you embody the love that innocence knows. That is what mm. you embody. When I say that you are youthful, it is because you give this unfiltered love to everyone and everything that you meet. That, that is true innocence. That is true youth. When people want to talk about living eternally, that is what they have to embody. That is the life that people long for. That's what they long to hold on to for forever. 
and, and you have that. You are the embodiment of that. My God. Thank you so much for saying that to me. <laughs> you guys didn't know that when you clicked play on this podcast that it was just going to be two brown women hyping each other up. Isn't this every single time we see each other? <laughs> no, literally. This is like the mics being here is no different. It's, it's the way that we do this like at Starbucks. And yeah. we're both like, wait, so like, if you say that one more time, I'm going to cry. No, so here go the tears. And no. people are looking like, oh my God, are they? Okay, can somebody? Can shut up? Somebody help them. They're yeah. having it. They're crying. I don't know. They've been crying Again. for 10 minutes. Yeah, they've been threatening to cry for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. It's like, no, if you say that again, I'm really going to cry. Nope. No, I'm going to cry. I'm really going to oh cry right now. I, like, thank God for this chapter because um, it's brought me here. It's brought us together and brought us together in community with so many other people who, like, are just, we're just going to continue to, like, soar, you know? We are. And we are because we're rooted in a faith and a love mm. that is so connected to things and places and experiences that we don't even know. Like, we talk about our ancestors a lot, mm. you know, and I think sometimes we make, we make a lot of jokes about it, but to even feel connected to that, to be rooted in that connection in this new chapter of your life, you're unbreakable. Because there's so much, the extent of love that is at your disposal is just so powerful. And I think the real beauty is that sometimes we limit ourselves to thinking that what we can see, what is tangible, is what we can only receive. Mm. But everything in this world, especially love, is so limitless. And because we are rooted in a loving relationship for ourselves and the the versions of us that we were before we entered this new chapter and then the versions of ourselves that we will be after we exit this chapter um it's just unbreakable you and i we have a strong foundation like it's so it's so powerful and so impactful and like it carries it's going to carry into into every relationship if the relationship doesn't feel like this I don't want it. There's the door. Take it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want you here. Um, okay, should we like end it with like, if you could tell yourself one thing 10 years ago. So think about you. Subtract 10. The little baby for those. If you could tell yourself. Oh, yeah. No, literally. <laughs> um, let's. Yeah. What would you tell yourself? If you could, like, look at yourself 10 years ago right now, what would you say? You are worthy of so much more than this. Mm. And you will become so much more than you can even dream. Things that you thought could never be within your reach will be handed to you if you just keep going. I'm getting a little teary. <laughs> that is really beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. If I could tell 16-year-old Hasina um, one thing, it would be literally none of these boys are it. Um, so literally, 16-year-old Hasina, stop chasing the love and the validation that you seek. Stop chasing it in, in these, like, high school boys. Like, 
because the love and the validation that you need is only ever going to be found within yourself and like it's going to hurt and it's going to suck and it's going to be painful to find that kind of love within yourself but it's so worth it like you don't need any of these men period um also like you do put the Q in LGBTQ plus, so let's go ahead and remember, like, let's go ahead and, and, and just, like, embrace that. Also, take off those American flag overalls. They are not cute, and America does not like you the way no, you, you think. Didn't. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Take that them off. in and of itself is the most vulnerable thing that you shared on this podcast <laughs> episode so far. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I know. That's something to unpack. I hope that other people hope that our little sisters are listening. Yes, little sister, listen. Take off those American flag overalls, please. For little sister, listen, I'm Fritos Kesrian. And I'm Hasina Shah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>